Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed a lovely Christmas and New Year's. We did, it was great um, with just family. So we've continued renovations on our home here and summer and fall have been crazy busy for us because we've had to get hay off the fields and we raised some free range chickens for the freezer. So when fall into winter time is always a really busy time of year for us. So I apologize for allowing um, all this time to pass. Though during this time, Holy Spirit has been formulating this word um, that I'm going to share today. In view of all that's still been going on in our world, I wanted to share what the Lord has been speaking to me about his beloved bride, his body in the earth with respect to his covenant in the light of Noah's Ark and the flood. So before we start, I just want to say, no, God has not forsaken us. He has not forgotten us. The waters have really been turbulent. Things have been all over the place. But his spirit is with us and he is doing a wondrous work in our hearts and in the earth right now. We have been the wine press of God. What has come out of us when we've been feeling this squeeze? The Lord saves the best for our last. His word promises that the latter rain is going to be much more than the former rain. Those of us who are in Christ Jesus who have given our lives to him and are serving him are in what I've come to see as God's covenantal ark. Jesus Christ is our ark. In Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Messiah, alone, is our salvation, our security, our preservation, and we are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. So he is in us, we are in him. Christ in us is our hope of glory. And Colossians 3.3 says that we have died to sin and our lives are hidden with Christ in God. And Psalms 121.7 says the Lord promises to preserve us from all evil and that he will preserve our soul. So in Jesus Christ, we have everything. The main scriptures that we're going to be taking a look at today is, of course, the Noah's Ark account in Genesis 6-9. So it all started in a day that's much like ours today. It was a very, very dark day, as is usual for the day of the Lord. In previous podcasts, we discussed that God's day begins at night, in the dark, in the wee hours of morning, and it gets lighter and lighter. And we do see that light now. We see glimmers of light. We see things, uh, we see the Lord moving in many, many ways. And and so much is coming to light in so many areas as the Holy Spirit moves on the earth. And that the Lord's day, we also learned, is great and terrible. Great and glorious for the people of God and terrible for those who refuse to acknowledge and serve Jesus Christ as their Lord. So we have all being, been dealt with in various ways by God's Holy Spirit so as to bring us into alignment with His plans and purposes, not only for our own lives, but His plans and purposes for the earth. And His heavenly hosts, His angel armies, are even now in the earth removing the tares, the weeds, 
from his great harvest that he has been readying, that has been ripening in the earth. And he is even now preparing his church to help gather it and bring that massive harvest of souls into his kingdom. So in Noah's day, just as it is now, evil was rampant in the earth. Lawlessness abounded like never before. And we are seeing that even today. In the Message Bible, Genesis 6 says that human evil was out of control. People thought and did evil from morning to night. God had decided he was going to make a clean sweep, but he liked what he saw in Noah. And Noah found favor in the Lord as he was a righteous man and had remained faithful to God all his life as his father and grandfathers before him had. Even though all the world around him lived in evil, Noah and his family served the Lord their God and remained faithful to God. And Genesis 6, 9 and 16 says, Noah was a, a good man, a man of integrity in his community. Noah walked with God. And so God said to Noah, build yourself a ship. And then in verse 22, it says, Noah did everything God commanded him to do, just the way he asked him to do it. The Amplified Bible says, uh, but Noah found favor and grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, one who was just and had right standing with God, blameless in his evil generation. Noah walked, which means he lived, in habitual fellowship with God. This version uses the word ark when the Lord commands Noah to build it. And interestingly, I looked up the word ark and it means a box or a chest. And it was designed, the design of that ark, this particular ark, matched its purpose. It was not built to travel through the water fast and efficiently like a lot of boats do. But this ark was built to be stable and have the greatest possible capacity for cargo and to float on top of the water, to rise with it and stay above and float, which is pretty cool. The Lord had Noah and his family built the ark over a span of a hundred years or so, not because they probably wouldn't have been able to build it quicker, but also to allow the evil people an opportunity to repent and turn to God and get into right standing and covenant with God and be saved. Um, in Genesis 7, 1, next God said to Noah, Now board the ship, you and all your family. Out of everyone in this generation, you're the righteous one. And Genesis 7, 7 says that Noah and his family entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. And verse 13 says that Noah, his wife, three sons, and their wives boarded the ark with all the creatures God had commanded he bring in with them. The ark stayed like this and remained open for seven days to give the other people a final chance to enter into safety. But they just mocked and carried on with their lives. They completely disregarded any warnings. They didn't care at all. Um, anything that Noah was saying to them. They see this huge ship in front of them. They see their, uh, but they had no idea what was going on. They were in such a stupor. They were asleep to what the Lord God was about to do. So Noah's family of eight entered the ark 
And we remember that the biblical number for eight represents new beginnings. So then after the seventh day, God himself shut the door and sealed Noah and his family and the animals into the ark. And verse 17 to 24 talks about how the flood continued for 40 days. And as we know from previous podcasts, 40 is the biblical number for testing, judgment, trial, because he was judging the earth. Then not just rain, but the depths of the earth opened up. Verse 11 says, all the underground waters erupted from the earth and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky. The rain continued for 40 days and 40 nights. There was a complete deluge of water spewing from the depths of the earth as well as... So you had turmoil from below as well as torrential rain from above. And the waters covered the whole earth, destroying every living creature and bird and took over for 150 days. Only Noah and his family, plus the animals with him in the ark, remained alive. The ark rose for the, with the waters higher and higher above the earth, floating upon the raging waters. So the ark, full of all the animals, filled to capacity. There was room for everything, everyone, and they were safe as they rose above all those torrential waters. The Bible says that Noah was 500 years old when he had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the Lord instructed Noah to build an ark, and he was 600 when he entered the boat to escape the flood. By this time, there had never, before that time, there had never been any rain, ever. They had no way of knowing or really understanding what it was when the Lord said that he was going to... Um, flood the earth and it was going to rain but amidst all the doubt and the taunting from everyone around them Noah and his sons kept God's word and obediently built that great ship that the Lord had told them to build so a lot of times we don't really understand exactly what's going on or what the Lord is doing but as long as we're faithful to what he says to do then we're in the right place So they built it just the way God instructed them to do. They did everything according to what Noah heard the Lord tell him. Most everyone has heard of Noah's ark and the flood. So we all know what happened to everyone that did not come into the ark. Everyone that doubted and kept doing things their own way, as they always had, living for themselves with no regard to God. We also see that Noah and his family were saved totally safe in the covenantal ark that they had built with the Lord's direction and command. I love how the Living New Translation puts chapter 7, verse 7. It says, He went on board the boat to escape the flood. Sometimes it feels like all hell is breaking loose around us. And indeed, it actually is breaking loose from off the Lord's people. It feels like we've been assailed from all sides. Remember, this is the Lord's day. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken so that only that which is of God shall stand and remain. All the stuff needs to rise to the surface and, and lately it's been really uncomfortable in so many ways. We need to look to God who is the author and the finisher of our faith. It's the worldly things 
being pummeled and taken care of during this time. We need to know our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and know what it means to be in covenant with him during this time. Otherwise, we will be, we will be worried. We will be in fear. And that is not from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and of a sound mind. So if we're getting fearful and if we're looking at things that are fearful, we need to turn that off and look to him, look to his word. So hypothetically, what if we would get on board, get into covenant with God, get into the word of God, who is Jesus Christ, and like I said, turn that other stuff away and not be listening to that, praise him continuously, keep our eyes upon him to escape the flood of all that is swirling around us and not get into agreement with all that the flood waters are bringing, all the stuff that's coming at us all around us, all the news, all the media, all the scare tactics, all the fear, and not get into agreement with that, but rather stay above it all in Christ Jesus. Not keeping our eyes fixed on the television and other media sources that are trying to fill us with doubt, fear, hate, division, etc. in an attempt to pull us under the swift currents of today's world issues. What if we would get into the ark of God, who is Christ Jesus, and shut out all the deluge of the evil news and focus our eyes on Jesus Christ alone and listen only to the Holy Spirit of the living God to find out what he has to say about the situations at hand. What does he have to say about um, uh, our lives? How does he look at this whole thing? What is he doing during this time? I would rather know what God is doing than what the enemy is doing. I would rather be on the side of God in the ark, hidden with Christ in him, and know what his plans and purposes are for me and my family and my life and and whoever else he wants to share with me about, than trying to figure out all the things that the enemy is doing and be in fear. Interestingly, Noah's name means rest. He went into the ark and there was rest for him and every living being who was in the ark with him. In Jesus Christ, our covenant ark, we can find rest knowing the Father is in control. Our Heavenly Father will keep us safe and see us through these unprecedented times. Remember the story Jesus uh, sleeping in the boat when the disciples were all panicking due to the storm? And Jesus was sleeping and they woke him up and said, how can you sleep? There is a place in Jesus Christ that we can dwell and be at rest and in complete peace. The Bible says, my peace I've given to you, not as the world gives and the world can't even understand it, but he gives it to us. Isaiah 26, three says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And remember Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So as you have noticed, Noah did what the Lord asked him to do right to the T. 
When we are in obedience to the will of our Father and walk as He instructs, we remain in Him and He remains in us. We are in covenant with Him. This doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. He knows our hearts. He loves us. Again, Colossians 3.3 states that for you have died to yourselves and your lives are hidden with Christ in God. Noah and his family had to die to themselves. They had to die to their own agendas. They had to die to their own will, their own wants, their own desires, their own ideas about what the Lord said was coming and obey him fully. They didn't sit there and analyze, oh, well, we think you mean this, or you must mean this because surely it can't mean that. No, they didn't do that. They obeyed the Lord fully, even when they didn't understand exactly what he was planning, possibly with their minds. They they would understand by their spirit that God was speaking and God was telling them and explaining things, but they may not understand fully what exactly that all entailed. So even when everyone laughed at them and mocked them, even when it it took like what seemed forever to accomplish building the ark, it seemed like it's never going to happen. If not, if they hadn't followed what the Lord said, they would have perished as well. But because Noah was in covenant relationship with God and walked in obedience to him, his whole family was saved from the wrath of God that wiped the evil from the earth and started a new beginning. Then in Genesis chapter 8, it states that God remembered Noah, meaning he turned his attention back to Noah after 150 days being in the boat and everyone in the ship with him. So God turned his attention back after he was done with all the flood and destroying the rest of humanity and everything on the earth. God turned his attention back to Noah. God shut off the underground springs and stopped the rains. When finally the water receded enough, the ship rested on Mount Ararat. And biblically, Mount Ararat represents man's resting place in Christ. Isn't that so appropriate? man's resting place in Christ. Wow. Ararat translates as sacred ground, high or holy ground, and I love this one, the curse reversed. Here God brought Noah and his family, eight of them, to a place of rest to start their new life, to begin anew. His anger satiated. The curse was reversed. Here the Lord promised never again to destroy all life on the earth with a flood. And as a promise of a sign of his promise, his covenant with all living on the earth, the Lord placed a rainbow in the clouds whenever it rained from then on, saying in Genesis chapter 9 verse 17, this is the sign of the covenant that I've set between me and every living everything living on the earth. So let's go to Matthew 24, 37 and 41. In the Passion Translation Bible, it says, For it will be like it was in the days of Noah when the Son of Man appears. The notes say, So it will be in the Lord's presence. Before the flood, people lived their lives eating, drinking, marrying, and having children. 
They didn't realize the end was near until Noah entered the ark and then suddenly the flood came and took them all away in judgment. It will happen the same when the Son of Man appears. Verse 40 says, At that time, two men will be working on the farm. One will be taken away in judgment, the other left. Verse 41 says, Two women will be grinding grain. One will be taken away in judgment, and the other left. Evil cannot abide in the presence of the Lord. God's Holy Spirit is moving on the earth like never before. And as Jesus Christ is lifted higher and higher up through our praise in the earth, dual-mindedness and all evil is being abolished. He is now sifting the wheat from the chaff, the righteous from the unrighteous, the sheep from the goats, and he will have his way. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all the peoples of the earth. God does not share with another. He will not share his glory. The time for the Lord's presence to manifest through his sons and daughters in the earth has come. In Noah's day, who was the ruler of the heavens and the earth? God Jehovah was. It was he who taught Noah how to build the ark. And through it, he saved Noah and his whole family, plus some of every animal, bird, and creeping thing. God is the one who brought the flood that wiped the evil from the earth. Nothing has changed. No matter what we see with our eyes and hear all around us, God is still God. He is still on the throne. Jesus Christ took the keys to hell, to death, hell, and the grave. He alone is Lord and King. Jesus declared it's finished. And Hebrews 11:7 says, By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the righteousness of the believing people of God. As a result, Noah became intimate with God and built covenant with him. The result? His family was saved during a time like no other where evil was exposed and destroyed. God kept his own. And that will happen today. God is keeping his own. We too are protected in Christ Jesus. He is our covenant ark. Though the waters, masses of humanity, stir tumultuously all around us and the depths open up and spew out humanitarian, human, sorry, humanism, materialism, socialism, Marxism, communism, or whatever ism they may think up. Though the heavens open up and pour out all kinds of unimaginable imaginings for 40 days, we are safe in Christ Jesus in the Father. We are being kept in his covenantal ark. Just like Peter, as he walked on the water to Jesus, while his eyes were focused on Jesus, he was able to walk on top of the choppy waves. But as soon as he looked down and looked away, downward at the situation below, at the water, he began to sink. Spiritually, we are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. In Ephesians 2, 6, the New Living Translation says, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. 
as we learn to focus and keep our eyes on Jesus rather than the swirling upheaval that is our worldly condition at this juncture, we remain above the situation. On top of it all, just like the ark floated on top of the deep tumultuous waters, we remain above and not beneath. If we are seated above in Christ Jesus, we can see from a heavenly perspective as he does. If we take our eyes, our trust off of Jesus, we begin to waver and sink down and become burdened and afraid by all the havoc around us. We become frozen and ineffectual in his kingdom. Rather, as mature sons and daughters of God, we should be doing what Jesus did. Get in the boat and rebuke the storm and say, peace be still. The body of Jesus Christ, we, his covenant people, are to be demonstrating his power and authority in the earth in every circumstance. And we will, as his glory fills the earth and his power and his um, majesty fill the earth, this is what we are doing. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath these issues that are before us. We are to declare the word of the Lord over them. In the ark, in Jesus Christ, we can know his heart and his ways and find out what the Father says about the circumstances and release his word into the atmosphere of our lives and our world through the Holy Spirit living within us. Let us examine ourselves. Are we following what much of Christianity, uh, the church has been doing, focusing on the circumstances and crying out for help, for Jesus to come now and save us out of this mess? This is not his plan for this hour. He said he is coming for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. He wants to return to find faith in the earth. He wants us to put every enemy under our feet. Or are we standing up as the sons of God? Are we casting down all of those vain, ungodly fears and imaginations and standing strong in Jesus and rising up as part of the remnant sons of God, being the solution to a lost and hurting humanity and an ailing planet? That's what we need to be doing. Romans 8, 18 to 22 says, I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. So we are coming into an incredible time. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters for against its will, for against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. To this day, we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation, as it were, in the contractions of labor for childbirth. Are we allowing Holy Spirit to mature us through all of these goings on so that we can be empowered to be his in body 
walking and speaking and decreeing over things in the power of the Holy Ghost. Knowing we are positioned in the ascended place in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18 to 19, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Go? Go and do what? He didn't say go away off the earth. He said go and make disciples of the nations, etc. This is harvest time. We are to make ready so that we can help our Father bring it in. We are in a time when we need to hear the voice of the Lord for ourselves. We need to go and be in the quiet place. We need to be in covenant with our God, in right relationship, walking in Christ Jesus. Not getting caught up with all the other voices or distractions around us, no matter how convincing they may seem. We must know what the Father is saying. Let us, lest we be swayed to do what others are doing or to accept less than the best that God has for us. Lest we dumb down from who we are in Christ and accept what society is dishing out. By hearing his voice clearly our, for ourselves and heeding it, doing what he says, we will be able to rise above all the clamor and calamity of what goes on around us. We will have his eyes to see the situation as he sees it. As we realize we are seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus, we will hear his voice. We will give he will give us his strategy about how to maneuver in these times. Holy Spirit will teach us how to pray and decree his will in the earth. He will show us how to encourage people and to help them get to know Jesus Christ for themselves. He will teach us how to help usher in his kingdom and expand it in the earth and help bring in his great, amazing harvest that is ripe. So let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness to us, your sons and daughters. We come into covenant with you through your almighty son, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who willingly gave his all for us. Father, we decree your kingdom come. Your will be done, Father, within us, your earthen vessels, as well as in all the earth and in our nation as it is in heaven. Jesus, we thank you so much for the power of your precious blood. We thank you that in covenant with you, we are kept safe. We have risen above the raging seas and are seated with you, Jesus, our Lord and King. We thank you that you give us your vision and understanding. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you fill us with wisdom and strategies from the throne room of heaven to help us navigate during these times. Lord, we list the precious blood of Jesus Christ over our minds and our hearts and all the situations in our lives and in our world. We stand on your word, Father, that we have the mind of Christ Jesus. We take authority over all of our thoughts and call them into alignment with the word of God right now. We have the peace of Jesus Christ that passes all understanding and nothing can steal our peace from us. We are more than conquerors. We are victorious in Christ Jesus and no weapon formed against us prospers in any way, shape or form or in any dimension. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us and we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
We loose the blood of Jesus Christ over our families, our communities, and our countries. We commission the angel armies of the Lord of hosts to come to our aid and bring godly alignment and freedom in our families, communities, and, and nations. We loose the all-powerful healing blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth over our nation, right to the very roots of its conception and foundation in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. And we declare freedom to every person and in our nation. We say, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Our families, communities, and nations are free in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. We declare divine, supernatural prosperity over our nation. We decree that people and small businesses flourish and prosper in Jesus Christ's name. To you, Lord Jesus Christ, be all the glory and honor to your name. And may all the peoples of the earth come to know the saving power of your blood that you shed for all of humanity. We thank you that your word never returns void. You have us in the palm of your mighty hand. We are in covenant with you, Father. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you, Father, that we triumph because of the blood of Jesus Christ and by the word of our testimony, speaking your word of life over our lives, families, communities, nations, and declaring your name. And we thank you that you are on the throne. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, we give you all the praise and glory. We bless your holy, mighty name. Amen. If any of you who have been listening do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you would like to have a relationship with Jesus that will bring you into the family of God, it doesn't matter where you are in your life right now or what you think that you may have done. He knows everything about you and he loves you unconditionally. He knew you and he had wonderful plans for you before you were even conceived. You are the reason Jesus Christ came to give his life and shed his blood. He wants to restore you to himself. He wants to bring you back into the family of God. If this is you and you would like to know Jesus Christ for yourself, please pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I believe and confess you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross for me and poured out your blood to take away the sins of the world. I acknowledge that you rose victorious over sin, all sickness and death. Jesus Christ, I ask that you forgive me of my sins and wash me with your blood and cleanse me completely. I invite you, Jesus Christ, to come live in me as my Lord and Savior, and I pledge my life to you from this day forward. I receive your forgiveness. I thank you that I am made new and whole in you and that I am now a part of the family of God. I ask also that you fill me with your Holy Spirit and power to help me to be the overcoming child of God that you created me to be. I ask all of this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. So welcome to the family of God, to his kingdom of light. It's by faith that we receive Jesus into our hearts. So you may not, and you may have felt something, but you may not have. So don't be discouraged. Just know if you asked for forgiveness and invited Jesus in, he forgave you and he is with you now. He is your Lord of your life and you can and should talk to him anytime and speak to Holy Spirit too. He is a person. So 
you can speak to them directly. You don't have to go through anyone else. You speak to the Lord yourself directly. The more time you take to build relationship with Jesus, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. So um, the more time you take to build relationship with him, the more he will reveal himself to you and reveal the Father to you in amazing ways that you could never even imagine. It would be a really good idea if you can get a really good Bible and begin reading it and asking the Holy Spirit to give you understanding even before you read. As well, if you can locate a a really good Spirit-filled church that is speaking the truth for you to attend. And if not, you can find some online that are good churches. Um, Some that I listen to, I really like, is Lord of Hosts Church in Omaha, Nebraska, or Risen Nation Church in Texas, or Dr. William Hinn Sr. So those are just some suggestions. Um, You may know of others that you want to listen to. So be blessed and um, look forward to chatting again. And